Welcome back to the Wealth Tech Show, everyone. I'm Ian Horn, your host for the CityWire podcast. And today we're going to discuss the technology used by asset managers. We have a special guest joining us in our London studios today, all the way from Chicago. And that guest is Lorelei Skillman, Chief Communications Officer at Financial Software Provider Infusion. Lorelei, sorry. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. And just a minor correction, um, our company is headquartered in Chicago, and I actually grew up in Chicago, but I live in New York. Ah, okay. By okay, way so you join us from New York, which is a more convenient flight, I'm assuming. By... <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Just yeah. a little bit. <laughs> All right, well, look, thank you for joining us. Um, we don't often talk about asset management technology on this podcast, which actually is a bit of an oversight, if I'm completely honest. Um, so, can you quickly, firstly, tell us who you are and what you do? And secondly, what does Infusion do? Sure, absolutely. Um, so I'm Chief Marketing and Communications Officer at Infusion. Um, we're a fintech. Um, that means that we provide multi-tenant SaaS cloud-native software and services to asset managers and hedge funds. So that's everything from the front office to the back. Um, an example would be tools for portfolio construction and portfolio monitoring, um, all the way through to trade execution and order management, things like compliance, uh, analytics and reporting, and then the accounting general ledger underpins all of that. Mm -hmm. and, and SaaS is something we'll discuss later, but that means software as a service. Um, it's something that I don't think maybe people in this industry always realize the importance of, and we'll get onto that obviously uh, in a bit. So look, Infusion has such an interesting role. You speak to leading asset management companies about their tech stack and trying to find ways to remove inefficiencies and barriers towards delivering a good service and better investments for clients. So from your perspective, which problems are you, are you looking to solve right now? Well, the, the really interesting thing about Infusion is that our, our CEO, Thomas Kim, likes to say, we're not here to just build the latest widget. Mm -hmm. We're here to solve the really big, meaty, sticky problems of the asset management industry. And one of those in particular is this idea of all of the tech debt that these managers carry around. Um, they have years and years of accumulating multiple systems for, for different solutions, right? And they've kind of cobbled them all together to try to get them to work as one. So you might have one system for your portfolio modeling and another one for risk, et cetera. And over the years, this legacy technology, um, they, you know, a disproportionate amount of their technology budget just go goes toward maintaining this uh, technology, patching it, um, basically keeping the lights on. And instead of having that technology budget go toward true innovation, um, they just keep throwing essentially good money after bad, so to speak. And so Infusion really looks at the problems from a unique perspective. Um, we like to say that, you know, we design things the way you would if you could just throw everything out and, you know, start with a clean slate. Um, so our, our SaaS solution is a great example of that. You know, it was built for the cloud, in the cloud. It wasn't legacy technology that then we tried to convert and retrofit. Um, but the idea, you know, that these managers just have all of this tech debt and they're saddled by these legacy solutions that in some ways um, really limit their their capabilities and their performance. It's such a major point, isn't it? And, uh, and, and which percentage, you know, what percentage of the market would you say um, of asset managers, of course, are, are still hampered by this legacy tech? 
I, I don't know, but it's it's probably massive because even though um, some of the managers have been able to replace certain systems, there's generally always something within their entire tech stack that's still legacy. Um, and, you know, it's it's not an easy thing to rip everything out overnight. Right. So um, sometimes that transition uh, needs to be modular. Mm -hmm. And and what are the main barriers you think people are coming up against? Is it simply inertia and built-in systems needing to be ripped up and replaced? Or are there other things that are slowing progress within asset management? Well, I mean, one of the things is, you know, people are change resistant, right? And I think sometimes managers get paralyzed by the thought of um, converting. And sometimes the the risk of not doing anything uh, seems better than the risk of, you know, going through this massive, uh, perce perceivably painful um, conversion. Um, and so I do think that's limiting. And, and of course, you know, there's budgets and cycles and so forth. Mm -hmm. and, and seeing this in practice in effect. When we talked uh, prior to this interview, you said to me that fund managers often don't get a real-time view of how their investments are performing throughout the day. Uh, yeah, firstly, I want to ask, is that is that really an acceptable place for us to be? I mean, is it? <laughs> well, no, of course. But, um, you know, I think that's that's been that way for quite a long time. Yeah. Um, one of the factors there is um, many managers have a, have technology systems that are built on what's called kind of a wipe and load model, where the beginning of the day, the information is fresh, it's accurate. Uh, the portfolio manager, for example, knows exactly where things stand in the portfolio. And then once the day begins, the information kind of degrades from there. And you get to the end of the day, you wipe it clean, so to speak, you load it up fresh again for the next day. And so intraday, um, this can really hamper, you know, a portfolio manager or even a trader's ability um, to really know exactly where things stand. Um, so, you know, sometimes these things really just are technology limitations. Um, there are other options out there, a more transactional based technology model where you can be constantly updated in real time throughout the day. And obviously that has huge benefits, right? If you know exactly where things stand, you can make better decisions, but it also has um, downstream uh, effects in that the middle and back office, if they're seeing things in real time. You know, as soon as a, a trade is completed, um, not only does the portfolio manager see the effect it has on the portfolio, but the middle and back office can get started on their tasks that much earlier. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about asset management groups, we don't often look at technology being a major differentiator. We, you know, often it's about the, the philosophy of the managers, the team behind them, the research that goes into uh, you know, the, the portfolios, what they're building. Do you think we're getting towards a time now when people will actually start asking fund managers, you know, what tech is backing up your, your proposition? Absolutely. Um, and there, there's a lot in what you said. I was, as you were speaking, I was thinking, you know, hedge funds um, really have always been at the forefront, right, of adopting new technology. Um, their intellectual property is their differentiator. And if technology can further enable that, you know, they're all for it. And so th they've really been at the forefront of that. Um, I do think that um, allocators, for example, um, are probably more interested than the typical investor, right? Um, it might be 
from a fiduciary responsibility, right? Does this manager have the right systems in place, the right risk, the right controls, um, the right reporting? Um, they want transparency and they want to know what's what's going on. And so, you know, they may tend to look at that, that tech stack. Um, but down to the end investor, um, it's probably not something that most people think about, um, but perhaps a savvy investor might start to think about it um, because it does have implications. Um, you know, a good example is, you know, anything you can automate um, removes inefficiencies from a process. So if a manager has a lot of manual processes around their investment life cycle, um, you know, that just adds overhead and cost. So if you can take those inefficiencies out, reduce the cost, um, but also speed things up, have more accurate information, you know, make better decisions, that all has a knock on effect to the to the fund performance. Mm -hmm. And obviously that will affect the investor. Oh, for sure. And from your perspective, when you speak to these companies for the first time or for the first few times, are there any kind of telltale signs that an asset manager doesn't use tech particularly well? Well, I don't know about telltale signs, but um, I would say that, you know, it's becoming more and more a criteria for a good fund manager to incorporate technology into their processes. Um, you see even, you know, plain vanilla long only funds, you know, starting to embrace it. Um, I think soon gone will be the days of being able to manage everything on Excel. Um, you know, it's just not practical in this day and age. And particularly, as we've said, you know, investors are looking for lower costs, greater returns, greater transparency. And, you know, to be able to deliver all of that efficiently, you need to adopt technology. Um, and I think the other important thing is if you've got the right technology in place, then you don't have to worry about it, right? You can do the things you need to do and you can focus on what you do best, investing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I wonder where the opportunity really lies for disruption here, because you work with a different range of, of, of groups, right? There's major super tanker funds, you know, as they're called, hedge funds, pension funds, more esoteric and niche funds. Are there any markets out there or, or fund types that you think can really be empowered by improved tech? Is there any kind of like latent, exciting areas of of the you know the fund management market that tech will really really you know turn around. I mean, I really think every single fund, every single manager can benefit from technology. You know, again, it's that automation uh, efficiency. Um, it's also getting the information to, you know, the fund manager more quickly. Um, you've got, you know, technology is able to now to push data straight to the to the portfolio manager. Uh, the manager can actually dig into that data and get additional insights that they didn't have before. Um, so I, I really think across the board, everyone can benefit. Mm -hmm. And is it easier to work with, because my, my assumption would be that it's easier to work with the smaller funds, the smaller companies. I assume they're more nimble. And if they have legacy tech issues, again, I assume they're easier to replace. Would that be correct? Um, I mean, generally speaking, right? I mean, huge, large asset management firms are going to probably have... Um, greater complexity of infrastructure. Um, but it's it's really the same issue. You know, we work from everyone with the small fund launches all the way up to the largest asset managers. And at the end of the day, um, the implementation process for these types of systems is really the same. Um, the time it takes, the complexity, to be honest, is often uh, 
falls on the manager. Um, they often find that they're not able to move as quickly as perhaps their technology vendor, you know, in terms of getting all of the right data together, let's say, to migrate to a new system. Um, so any delays in the process um, really end up being on the asset manager side. Mm -hmm. And we talk about complexity there. Obviously, one thing to consider with technology now is the huge rise of the ESG and impact investing markets. You know, they're worth tens of trillions now. Um, how much harder does it make your job trying, well, I know your communications rather than the person building the tech, yeah, but, yeah. but how much harder does it make Infusion's job uh, trying to deliver effective tech solutions for asset managers? Because obviously, we discussed this before on the podcast, but I'm keen for your perspective too. This is quite a subjective area. There's poor, well, there's not really any agreed definitions beyond ESG and impact and maybe a few other acronyms. So how do you how do you factor that in? Well, I, I do think as an it is an issue for the asset manager. It's definitely something they need to think about and they need to look at their tech stack, their software to see, you know, can it handle um, that additional information and delivering it up in, in the way that they need to see it when they need to see it. Um, from our perspective, from Infusion's perspective, it's just another data field. Um, our system was built from the beginning to be multi-asset and to, to us, you know, that's just another field, another asset class, kind of the same as we were talking earlier, you know, crypto. Um, our system is really built to handle all of that. Um, but it's really dependent on the industry, right, to come together, as you were saying, around, you know, the agreed definitions. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And also, I mean, the technology thing, it, it, it needs people. When we're talking about asset managers, we're, we're also talking about these companies will have senior figures in charge. Fund managers, I don't think, are going to go anywhere anytime soon. What skills do you think the modern fund manager needs with this tech-enabled world? You know, are there different skill sets and talents that really come to the fore in this new era? Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's just like our children today, right? They're so much more uh, tech savvy than maybe we were at that age. Um, I think it's the same for the fund managers. You know, the roles have really evolved. Um, the, the example I gave earlier, you know, portfolio managers and analysts, for example, can actually now get their hands on the data, slice and dice it, see what's happening, you know, find patterns and trends, um, things that they weren't able to, to get at before. Um, so I think, you know, technology skills are absolutely absolutely paramount. Mm -hmm. and, and from your perspective as well, I mean, being a chief communications officer, how do you get your message out there to asset managers? Because it's, it's one thing to encourage people to improve their business, but then there's also possibly this related fear that people's jobs might become less important or, or unneeded. What, what kind of message do you send out there when you're trying to get work with people? Well, maybe not so much the message, but it made me think of, um, you know, one of the services that we provide is actually middle and back office managed services. And um, there sometimes people's reaction is, oh, that's, you know, we're outsourcing the jobs and, and therefore people are going to lose their jobs. But what we really find is that's not the case. It really um, allows the manager to improve their internal efficiencies. They can redeploy their staff to other value added tasks and outsource things that are more rote, that are more administrative, that can be done more efficiently, uh, more cost effectively, right? Um, so I think, you know, in terms of us getting our message out, um, I do have to say it's a little mix of the old and the new. Yeah. Um, there's so much still to be said for relationship building, right? And face-to-face -face, um, in terms of getting message out. Um, but all of the digital channels, you know, people have very short attention spans. Yeah. And so we, you know, we <laughs> tend to focus on, you know, thought leaders leadership, other insights that we can provide um, to help the, the manager ho however we can. Mm -hmm. And when you're speaking to asset management groups, is there 
any particular thing that you've said that appears to have really resonated with people? You mean in terms of? Yeah, in, in a business sense. I, yeah, in terms of infusion and also in terms of how they run their businesses. Are there any things that you know, you've been able to convey to them? Because you know, I have a similar thing with this podcast. One of the reasons why I do this is I think there's this incredible tech story going on. And I don't think the entire industry is particularly aware of, of it or what's going on or why it's even important. So I'm wondering what, what you've been able to say to people that's really cut through and has really made people sit up and think, wait a second, there's a real opportunity here to reevaluate our tech solutions and deliver a better service. No, absolutely. I think the thing that really resonates is that, you know, we have this solution that's full front to back office. Um, but the really neat thing is it has one golden source of truth, we say, at the core. Um, and that idea that all of the different departments across the fund management organization can be basically operating in concert throughout the day. You know, the front office, the back, the the portfolio managers, the traders, the operations staff, they're all working from the same single source of truth in real time. Um, and it just makes the process so much more efficient. Um, another thing that really resonates is the um, idea of multi-tenant SaaS. So you and I were talking about that a bit before. Um, I think there's a lot of confusion in the industry around um, cloud and SaaS. Um, you know, cloud is really delivering a service um, over the internet, whereas SaaS is more a subset of cloud. Um, so SaaS is cloud, but not all cloud is SaaS. And SaaS is really that idea um, where you basically subscribe, usually kind of renting on a monthly basis or an annual basis, um, access to a full software capability. Um, that's obviously much more cost effective. You don't have to have all of the infrastructure. And you also can be assured that you're always running the latest version. It's basically versionless. And I think that's something that really resonates um, in terms of our model because, you know, we were talking about tech debt, um, these managers have these huge legacy on-prem pieces of infrastructure. And you often find that they're running three, four, five versions behind because the pain of upgrading to the newest release can, can even be a full re-implementation. And that's not only costly um, and time consuming, but it's very disruptive to the business. So with SaaS, you're constantly, um, you're, or I shouldn't say constantly, you're always on on the current version. And in our case, um, we release new functionality on a, on a weekly basis and you just simply log in and there it is. Mm -hmm. and, and how do you see SaaS technology changing the way that we, we do asset management or, or even financial services? I think it really just allows the asset manager to get back to focusing on what they do best, right? Investing, making those decisions, um, you know, better returns. Um, the more that they can get technology out of their way and just really focus on the value that they can add, I think that's the real benefit. Mm -hmm. and, and when we started, well, just before we started recording, you know, you were saying the whole point of this is to improve the actual experience for the end client, the end investor. How do you think technology is going to make that experience better over the next five, 10, maybe even 15 years? 
we talk a lot about that internally that, you know, it's not just that we're serving the asset manager in what we do. Um, there's a trickle down effect to that end investor, which I think sometimes gets lost. Um, but I find it actually pretty inspirational that, you know, the way we're enabling asset managers to make better decisions more efficiently, um, that has positive effects, obviously, in their performance and their returns. And that helps millions of households all over the world, right? You know, people saving for retirement or college, you know, they're dependent on that. And so, yes, we're a few steps removed, um, but it is, um, it's really exciting to feel like you're, you're a part of that. Oh, for sure. And, and Lorelai, you said, um, obviously, Infusion has an international presence. Uh, the issues that you see in asset management, are, are they pretty much global or do they vary considerably by, by region? Well, there's always some differentiation. You know, you may have one region that's more advanced, let's say, in things like, you know, dark pools and algorithmic trading than another. Um, but generally, you know, fundamentally, the problems are the same in terms of, you know, dealing with legacy technology, wanting to pivot toward true innovation, you know, efficiencies, automation, um, just making the process much more efficient for the manager. Mm -hmm. And if I can draw you in some mild controversy. How does the UK stack up? Are we doing okay? <laughs> just fine. Just fine. Just fine. That's, that's, well, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't work out, you know, if an American person says just fine, that usually means terrible from my experience. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Lorelai, thank you uh, for joining the Wealth Tech Show. It's been a real pleasure to speak to you. Do you have any final parting message to, to the listeners? Um, well, I should say we're recording on uh, 4th of July. So happy 4th of July of to any of our American listeners. Yeah, I should have said that to you as well at the start. How terrible. It is independence from us though, isn't it? So <laughs> I mean, maybe we not. We won't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we, did, we did well. I think we had a nice conversation. Lorelai, thank you. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. And to everyone listening, thank you for tuning in. I'm Ian Horn. This has been The Wealth Tech Show. Mm -hmm.